I just started applying and I pro- I applied like 50, 60 places and I got zero calls back. Not even a, not even like a response. It, it was kind of, yeah. And I was like, is this, is this normal? And, and maybe it just took me a, a little while to like realize maybe I should change up my game plan here. That's my guest, Andrew Bowker. I'm trying to get his first product management job. The results of that new game plan are what we're here to talk about today. I first met Andrew via LinkedIn. We share an interest in guiding would-be product managers to have product-oriented side projects and potentially side products. I've always said, with very little evidence, it must be admitted, that becoming the product manager for an open source project is a way to build product management skills. Andrew's a little more direct. Go find and validate a problem we're solving, create a solution, perhaps using no-code tools, and then take it to market. It's a great idea, and if you do it, it shows a lot of product management process to any potential hiring manager. Now, in our interview, Andrew talks about how he arrived at this idea, what he's doing to help people accomplish it, and in a fascinating side discussion, the amazing project that temporarily diverted him from his product management career. This is Nels Davis, and you're listening to episode 121 of the Secrets of Product Management podcast. You can find the show notes for this episode at secretsofpm.com slash 121, including links to all of the ways you can get in touch with Andrew. Now, I thought that Andrew's interest in helping people get into the first PM job, I'd start by getting a little bit of his history. Andrew, welcome to the podcast. Great to have you here. It's been really enjoyable following you on LinkedIn and seeing not only your growth, but all the fantastic advice you give to people getting into product management. And of course, that's what we're going to focus on because that's what you're focused on. But I think to start with, it'd be really interesting to hear about how you got into product management and how that influenced your current content. Yeah. Yeah. Happy to go into that. First of all, thanks for having me. Uh, Fun to finally meet and speak with you after all the uh, commenting <laughs> we've had back and forth over the months, uh, past few months. But yeah, you know, happy to dive into the the little the backstory there. So, you know, for me and this, you know, if if you have seen any of my content for any amount of time, you might have seen part parts of this story. But I was one of these people in college that really didn't know exactly what they wanted to do, which is probably most people. <laughs> so I, I studied uh, mechanical engineering at a big engineering school because I was good at math, right? Turns out I hated mechanical engineering. <laughs> um, and I went straight into working for a nonprofit after school. Um, and I actually really enjoyed that because I was in the central office supporting all of our team members at, at different campuses throughout the region. And it felt a little bit like I was running a small business, in in some respect and you know while i really enjoyed working there i've always had this kind of entrepreneurial drive behind me like always tinkering with things even as a kid i would you know sell golf balls on the golf course and those kind of things um but i eventually i was like i want to try for profit and where i lived in raleigh north carolina at the time was it had this startup ecosystem that was starting to boom and i was like let me just go join one of these tech companies And so I looked up all the job descriptions that I could find, like, what should I actually do at one of these companies? I'm a mechanical engineer that has some like operational experience. The only thing that really jumped out to me on the, in, on the screen, you know, in in any of these job descriptions I was looking up was product management. I was like, oh yeah, you get to wear all sorts of hats. You get to talk to customers, you get to talk to internal teams, 
you get to use your strategy skill. I mean, you know, you know, what it's a mixed bag of, mm-hmm. of tricks like mm-hmm. polymaths are generally attracted to that job. So I, uh, I started applying like crazy, you know, I was just like the typical person that has like no understanding of how to get a job because I had really <laughs> never gotten one. Um, I just started applying and I pro- I applied like 50, 60 places and I got zero calls back. Not even a, not even like a response. It, it was kind oh, of, wow. yeah. And I was like, is this, is this normal? And, and maybe it just took me a, a little while to like realize maybe I should change up my game plan here and uh, <laughs> see and see what, what I should do differently. So what I ended up doing was, okay, I, I, maybe I can translate my talents, you know, that or whatever limited talent that I had at, at the time into a different role, like customer success, which is adjacent to product management or, um, or even SDR, like sales development rep roles. You know, I felt like I could, I felt like I could probably try to sell as well. I ended up, you know, applying to a few of those types of roles and landed eventually in tech uh, as a customer success manager. And that was my first foray into tech. And my whole plan there was to pivot into product management internally at the company. And that plan was actually going quite well. I had a great relationship with the product team and I was working on <laughs> great, like expanding uh, uh, skill projects. To, to try to break my way in and kind of prove value to the product team as I was doing my customer success work. And then I got sidetracked. Uh, buddy reached out to me. He's like, Hey, NC state has this product accelerator program that, you know, you can start launching old technologies, like from like basically dormant patents. Mm-hmm. Um, you can launch those into companies and you get your MBA as a part of it. And he was already in the MBA program and he knew I liked to you know, tinker with stuff on the side. And um, yeah, so I ended up applying, ended up getting some scholarship money. And I was like, you know what? It just makes too much sense for me to not do this. So I went back to school, got my MBA. And that's when I really started just launching products. I launched three products during my MBA or, or attempted. <laughs> launched one, uh, semi-launched another and failed another, right? That really set me on the path for getting into the role I have today at IBM where, where I've been for the past almost five years, um, which is the, I guess, enterprise product management role. Wow. That is really cool. There's a couple things about your story that I love, and I know you've talked about these things in your content as well, which is this idea of the lateral move, which yeah, most of us have done, right, in product management. Our first product management job was not just an entry-level PM job, we move there from something else within the company. That is great. And one of the things that I like about that is we always say that it's the way that people move and we all individually, some of us individually have had that experience, but knowing that, yes, you can do the move from an SDR, from a customer experience rep, I always suggest sales engineer as a good place. But I always like to hear people that have that people have actually done it. It's not just out of my brain that says, oh, this seems like it'd be a good match, but it's nice to hear the actual success stories. So that's fantastic. And then I love the uh, this idea of taking dormant patents and turning them into products. That's so amazing. There's so much knowledge generated in research and so much of it just is left on the floor that it seems like a great opportunity. So you know, people, people are, you know, I don't really share that particular story, like the pat, the dormant patent story, uh, very much. So I figured, you know, this could be a good opportunity to kind of share how that works. And cause it's really interesting to me. It's where it's like NC state has all these professors that do tons of, 
you know, like you said, uh, R and D research, and then they right. just pump out patents, but we never do anything with them. Yeah. And so what we end up having is really solid technology, but applied perhaps in the wrong place. And so what we do is we try to figure out, okay, well, what, what else could we potentially do with this technology mm-hmm. and where in the market could it provide some value and solve a real problem? And, you know, for instance, my, my team, we actually had, we have a paper science program at NC state. This professor developed a dissolving paper. Mm-hmm. And so, so it's about, okay, well, what could we do with dissolving paper? Right. <laughs> yeah. And like, you think about all these places, I mean, man, we, we tested so many different ideas. You think about all these places in society where that would really be, you know, beneficial. Right. Mm-hmm. So we started thinking about what about cigarette butts? You see cigarette butts everywhere. And, you know, they're flung in and littered uh, across our planet. You know, how great would it be if they just dissolved? Right. Yep. But then you run into functional problems like, well, you have to smoke the cigarettes. So your saliva is going to get on it. So you don't <laughs> want it to dissolve. You don't want it dissolving in your mouth. Right. So then it's like, oh, well, what about pizza boxes? You know, uh-huh. and so we start thinking about all these different you know, applications for the technology. What we eventually landed on was paper towels. There's a huge issue, especially in European countries, with flushing t- paper towels down the toilet or oh. wipes wipes wow. down the toilet, yeah. and this can cause massive like backflows and sewage problems. And so, you know, if you had paper towels or wipes that were truly flushable, mm-hmm. then you know, and they and they were uh, dissolving um, right. just like toilet paper is, then you'd have a a real uh, a real problem solved um, there. Nice. So. Yeah. So things like that. Right. And there's some other examples that have actually become commercialized now. Like um, there's one there's a few you know major successes coming out of that program. That's fantastic. I, I think it's it's a lot of capital that we have as a country and as a as a species really is all this research. And yeah. a lot of it is, you know, as, as you say, it's sort of undiscovered or unapplied. And the scientists aren't necessarily good at figuring out what to do with these inventions. Exactly. Right? They need yeah. somebody who they need people who can make that impedance match between here's a thing we can do and here's a problem. And Oh, by the way, those can be connected in some way. Right. Right. And then you have to bring it. And then you think about the problems of how would you actually bring this to market or manufacture this? Exactly. Who would you partner with and license the technology to? And so, yeah, it's really interesting. And and then it gets even more interesting when you say, well, there's this one invention that's this one patent and then there's, and it's not useful on its own, but there's another invention. Yes. And if you combine them, like, this question about the the cigarette butts and dissolving too fast. Well, is there a way to have dissolving Delay. You know, that requires an, an, an agent. A reagent to cause yeah. it to dissolve, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's this other person that invented the reagent and oh, look at that. We can there we go. Anyway, that's it's great. Love that. So that's a little bit of a side a side yeah. uh, tangent to <laughs> yeah. the to the idea of getting a job, but I think you know, in some ways it's like so product management centric to think about, we always think about product managers as being, as having to be technical. You know, there's always that requirement to be technical. Mm-hmm. And this is the reason, this is sort of, to me, the only reason that we need to be technical is that we need to say, be able to look at a technology and say, oh, I can see something interesting that could be done with that that nobody's thought of. Yes. Potentially. Yeah. But then also make sure that there's a problem that it solves. Exactly. Yeah. I love that. I love that story. I'm glad you shared it with us. That's really good. Yeah. (laughs) So, so you made this transition yourself into product management and you're now at IBM doing product management, like normal, regular product management, I assume. Um, Mm -hmm. But you're, you know, as I mentioned earlier, I'm 
first came to know you through your LinkedIn posts, which are really focused on helping folks make that transition into product management. And you have a weekly newsletter and you have all kinds of good guidance on that. What was it that got you started in wanting to share that kind of information and help people in that way? Yeah, actually it was the pandemic. You, you probably realized by now I'm, I have extroverted tendencies. So (laughs) being, (laughs) so being, um, kind of locked in my house, it was just like, you know, I, I think I need an outlet or some sort of creative outlet. Mm -hmm. And so it started maybe uh, probably about a year and a quarter ago at this point where I was just like, you know, I got nothing to lose here. I might just share, you know, stuff I've learned and on this journey to, um, me, you know, six years ago, somebody mm-hmm. who's like me in the same situation as me six years ago, because, you know, as I was thinking about, okay, well, if I'm going to start getting more active online, like, where would I do that? Like all the different places you can think about. So there's, you know, for me, I thought about Twitter, I thought about blogging, LinkedIn, and a couple other places. And then I thought, well, like, well, what would I actually write about? And I just remember trying to get a product management job in 2015 was so difficult coming in that that through that transition was incredibly hard and i didn't realize that other people shared that plight until i started myself reading content on on um twitter and and linkedin and and different channels and i was like huh it seems like other people have this issue too and so <laughs> then um i was like maybe i'll just you know write about the the small tips and tricks that kind of helped me along the way Mm-hmm. because in 20, so I, you know, in 2015 is about when I started applying to these jobs in 2017 is when I started going to business school. And that's when I finally got a grasp and an understanding of like, okay, this is how people really find jobs. And this is what you can do to separate yourself from the crowd of other people who are going mm-hmm. after the same job as you. Mm-hmm. And it didn't really click until I actually got into product management. I was like, whoa, like all these strategies that I started applying in 2017 started working. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, that's really what, you know, enticed me to want to start writing about it. And I really didn't think it would go anywhere. Um, And, (laughs) you know, it's been cool to see that other people have shared that same burden. Like, hey, yeah, like getting a job in product management sucks. And there's a lot of conflicting advice out there. And I'm not saying my advice is better than the next guy's, but I am saying it has worked for me. It has worked for other people that, you know, friends that I've, you know, talked to over the years that this is, you'll get a kick out of this. I didn't even know like people charged money to help people get jobs. I just helped my <laughs> friends, you know, cause I wasn't really, I'm not active like on any other social medias before like a year and a quarter ago. Right. So I would just help my friends if they'd reach out, I would just be like, yeah, let me just help you figure out how to get a job, you know? I knew career coaching was a thing, but I didn't know it was that much of a thing. If you go on LinkedIn, you'll see them everywhere. Exactly. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. The content creators, they typically have a business if they're creating content. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's, and that's the, that's been the thing for me is I haven't had one up until like a month ago, you know? Right. Right. Um, yeah. Well, you've, you've been very, you've had a lot of really impressive and great content. And I know you have started to put it into a little business, which we'll talk about. A little bit later but i'd yeah. love to hear like so we heard your success story about how you got into this and the really interesting path what about some of the folks you've worked with have you yeah. do you have some some fun success stories from folks you've worked with yeah just your friends who you're advising or whatever 
Yeah. Yeah. So to this point, they've all pretty much been friends. Um, and then, well, I lied. It's actually been a few people that I've met just randomly through LinkedIn and built a relationship with. But yeah, I mean, a couple of fun stories is, you know, I ha I've had a lot of friends that I worked with in that in those nonprofit days, they stayed a little bit longer than I did, which mean which meant that, you know, they didn't necessarily know how to transition out of that world. It's just mm -hmm. a very, you know, for profit nonprofit. It's a very different sure. uh, way of applying to things. And so, you know, I would just help them um, figure out how to get how to get jobs. And um, it was it was a lot of fun because these guys were, um, you know, they were willing to try anything. Right. So I had one friend who drove his resume to to the office physically and like handed it over to somebody at the front desk, um, which is a great trick, by the way. I've done that in the past. And and um, it worked for me when I was transitioning out of nonprofit as well. Um we, we had a couple of uh, I had a couple of friends that were going after, uh, I would say, non-product roles. They were going mostly after sales roles. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I was able to help somebody land at a really hot startup here in um, in Raleigh. Pendo probably heard of that one. Yep. Um, yeah. So they're headquartered here. Um, and then, you know, another one we have a, we have another really hot uh, startup. It's called Bandwidth. So I was able to help another friend land there um, and then a couple of other places like and, and non-tech roles as well, right? So I had a friend who's in biomedical or biomechanical engineering. And mm -hmm. so I tried to help land jobs there. And it just odd, odd things here and there, project manager. And then finally I was like, okay, well, let me try my hand at helping folks with product management. Right. So I've actually had a couple of friends that I've met through IBM uh, uh, move from move on from IBM to different roles. They They see my posts on LinkedIn and they reached out to me and they're like, dude, can you help me like figure out, you know, how to put my resume together, how to do these types of interviews at these types of companies. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, sure, you know, just helped them out and gave them all the advice that I would, that I give to anybody who, who I have a coffee chat with. And lo and behold, they were able to land a job fairly quickly. So excellent. excellent. So you talk a lot about people building a side, pro a side hustle or a side project. How yeah. many, have you worked with some folks who've done that or t tell me a little bit about that and how it's going in terms yeah. of people you talk to. Yeah. So this is an interesting question because my, my, you're right. My advice is to say, Hey, a great way to stick out um, mm -hmm. to hiring managers is to have a growth mindset. And one of the ways to have a growth mindset is to be building something, right? right? It's also an excuse for you to reach out to important people that you want to build relationships with. So I do, that is part of my advice mainly because that is uh, when I started building products of my own, that is one of the things that got me in the door at three, my top three companies that I wanted to work at. And I got to the final round and offers from two of them, right? Um, or a final round with all three offers from two. For me, I was like, this is a differentiator in the interview process. Right. It's yeah. because I didn't have product experience. I found that all these, um, all these people who were interviewing me, whether it was just product managers on the team or the hiring manager themselves or the director, like even they always came back to, I'll see this thing on your resume here. What is wedding taggers? Or like, what is, you know, they would just ask me about these side projects and that ended up being the thing that took up the most time in these interviews. And the fact that I was able to explain stories of, yeah, here's how the idea came. Here's how I validated the idea. Here's how I got customers and how I iterated and built upon that. 
that's the type of product management mindset that they're looking for in interviews, right? right. So that's a caveat to the question you asked, which is, have you had anybody had success to do this, right? So A, it takes somebody who, you know, is willing to put some extracurricular work in. Sure. Um, which I found is like, there's a lot of people who want to build a side project or a product. There's very few people who want to and actually put pedal to the metal and do it. Uh -huh. Um, yeah. so it's, it's kind of like a pie in the sky idea. It feels like, um, at times, but I'm telling you for the folks that actually, you know, build something tangible and, and put it into a portfolio, that's where it makes the difference. So I have had a few people reach out to me in DM saying, Hey, you know, since our last couple of conversations, you know, I've built this product and I've finally transitioned from, you know, project into product management or, mm -hmm. Or those kind of things. One guy, um, this was really cool. He built a an app that allowed um, people in his community to find um, open mosques in their uh, their physical vicinity, mm -hmm. so that they could go pray and 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 like basically it was like a booking app and a booking tool to find open time for prayer, right? Nice. Because yeah, in his culture, his religion, they you know in certain months they go and and they pray five times a day right right so he built an app that was you know obviously very niche app uh, yeah. especially here in the states right but you know he was able to get users in his immediate community and then it spread from there um by word of mouth like hey this is really cool like when are you going to add support for you know this you know this other city or this other right, community right. so he and and as he's able to share that um story in yeah. interviews that's what really one of the things that made a huge difference for him, according to these DMs and in conversations yeah. I've had with him. Well, it makes a ton so of it, it makes a ton of sense, you know. And when I've talked to people that want to get into product management, that I I tell them find experiences where you did product management. Yeah. And if you, you know, everybody has some really. Most people who are ambitious to become product managers will typically have some kind of experience in their background that aligns. But yeah. then. As you say, you can make, you can build that experience on purpose, yeah. As well with a side project, and if a, a side building a side product requires all the skills of product management and then additional skills, and if yeah. you can be successful with that, and even if you aren't successful, you'll have learned some product management, right? Exactly. And there is a huge difference between you saying like, "Hey, I built this." podcast or this newsletter right and like the, the obvious next question from a hiring manager is to say well like how many you know subscribers or listeners do you have right and if you can't back it up with saying you know a, an impressive enough number mm -hmm. or or you know i have this app that i built and you can't back it up with saying you have customers or users then they're going to start to be like well this is just a passion project right so the number one way to really like add impact in your stories is to actually solve a problem and the way that the hiring manager will know you're solving a problem is when people pay you <laughs> right that that is the crux of product management right we are solving problems for profit and yep. if you can commercialize your ideas and package it and and bring it to market in such a way that brings you income you know that's really hard to ignore from a, from a, uh, a hiring manager's perspective. Definitely, I doubt most hiring managers have ever made a dollar on the internet by themselves. <laughs> you know, it's funny. You know, it, it's amazing how, though how many product managers you look at on LinkedIn and and the 
the next to last job for them was founder of something that got acquired yeah. and they're now working for that acquiring company. I mean, oh, yeah, obviously are... that's not everybody, but there's a yeah. lot of those folks as well. Yeah. And I'm not saying I'm, you know, or I'm not saying these people or me or anybody who builds their own product should consider themselves necessarily a founder of some company. Right. I feel like right. that's kind of a kind of official. This is, this is low stakes, right? I'm not saying you need to go create the next Facebook or Twitter giant, you know, sure. mainstream app. This is like this other guy, right? He built a, a mosque scheduling tool in one city, but he got a lot of traction and he learned a ton and he had a way to showcase his skill set. And, and that is really what we're after here with a side product, not necessarily a hustle, not necessarily, you know, something that's just a passion project that doesn't mm -hmm. make any money, but some hybrid of the two. Some kind of attraction. You want some ability to show that you can make some traction. Yeah, absolutely. Create some traction. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I love the, the approach and you give tons of advice on how to go about it and how to choose a product. So you have a weekly newsletter. I know that's one and I've subscribed to that. How, how long have you yeah. been doing that at this point? Honestly, I think I might've just eclipsed one year. Um, no kidding. Uh, wow. in, in, here in October. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've been most Fridays for this past year, I think. Fantastic. Yeah. And I, so I have to, I have to highly recommend the newsletter. It's got great. Great suggestions. You something like five things in each newsletter of actionable yeah. steps you can take. Yeah. So yeah, just real quick, the newsletter is it's called the BYOP newsletter. Stands for Build Your Own Product, and it's all about basically lever. It's all about somebody who, you know, is kind of hedging their bets. Right? They're getting product experience. They're getting career experience. They're getting build your own product experience. And so it's somebody who can do all these things and grow in all these areas and not just be focused on one specific thing all the time. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, I believe your best you're at your best when you're well-rounded in those areas. So I, I typically try to provide one tip on product, like growing your, yourself as a product manager, one tip on growing yourself, uh, your career, your, your growth in your, in your trajectory, and then one tip on building your own side products. And then I usually have like a thought to ponder, which is like, could be a random thing. <laughs> right. Right. It's great. It's, it's very engaging and uh, great resources every week. And then I know another thing you're working on, you have uh, some new things that are coming out and might be, would be interesting to folks who listen, listening to this. Yeah. Glad to chat you know, about that. Um, one thing is I, I've just launched this. It's, it's a cohort based course essentially. Right. And the, the reason I did that is because you know, a lot of people are reaching out to me for chats and different things. And I thought, well, maybe there's a way to, you know, bring these people together, A, and have more of a community around some of the same questions that that I get asked a lot. Mm -hmm. And then I thought, well, maybe there's a way for me to package up all of this advice in the areas that make the most impact and then deliver it in that model, right? And so uh, I launched uh, this course last month, pretty much filled up you know, within the first week. Nice. And so I had 12 people in the course and it was fantastic. A great first cohort. Essentially what we run through, it's six sessions. And what we run through is, you know, what it would look like for you to build your own product. So how to come up with an idea, how to validate that idea. Mm -hmm. um, and then, so that just gives you an idea of like how you might go about attracting good attention from recruiters and hiring managers. And then the second big pillar, I think, of being successful in the job search is building relationships. Mm -hmm. That's really tough to do for a lot of people. And so I have different frameworks for how to build relationships with uh, you know, cold DMing 
and how to like nurture relationships as you go along because right. one forgotten art is following up and doing this online is difficult, but I have ways and, and methods of doing that, that, that are really helpful. And it helps people feel not awkward about building relationships, especially on LinkedIn, which can be cringy at times. As yeah. Great. That's, it's really <laughs> hard sometimes to reach out to those folks. And yeah, absolutely. And then the last bit is interviewing. So the last two sessions are on how to do uh, behavioral interviews well, and then how to do product sense interviews well. I think if you can master those two types of interviews um, and provide succinct, detailed, thorough, articulate answers in those two realms, you're going to stick out. Um, inter interviewing skills are different from product manager skills, right? you need interviewing skills to get into the job, right? So, so, you know, that's why I focus on building your own products, building relationships and getting good at interviewing. And the first cohort was awesome. Um, so just, just launched it, had fantastic feedback from everyone in the course. And usually what you see with these types of courses is people drop off throughout, you know, the six mm -hmm, sessions. Mm -hmm. I had 12 people in the course. One person was getting up at 3 a.m. in the morning. Oh, wow. to attend this course. She didn't make every single one of them. But yeah, by the last class, I had 10 or 11 people still attending, nice. which is, nice. yeah, which tells me it's a good signal to like, okay, this is helpful. All long story short, I'm doing it again since it, since it uh, was so helpful for these folks. I'm going to launch it again here first couple of weeks of November. Nice. Okay, good. Well, check the show notes if you're interested in Andrew's cohort starting in November and, and there'll be a lot of links to how to find that and all the other information from Andrew as well. Yeah. Well, that sounds, that sounds great. And then you also mentioned you're going to take your show on the road, basically your one-on-one -on -one coaching that you've done with your friends and turn that into, into something that other folks can take advantage of as well. I've found somebody uh, or built a relationship with somebody on LinkedIn who has been kind of a, a career coach for past few years and had some really great success. Um, and he's, you know, really enjoyed, you know, reading my content as well. And so we've partnered together to basically offer one-on-one -on -one career coaching services, which, you know, I don't want to be just yet another coach on LinkedIn, mm -hmm. but I have found that there are people who have benefited from implementing some of the strategies that I give them. And I thought, you know, why not join the party and, and be able to provide like, detailed, deep services on a one-on-one -on -one level with somebody who either is, you know, an aspiring product manager and, you know, somebody in tech that has just had trouble breaking in or a product manager who's maybe out of the job searching game mm -hmm. and they don't know how to articulate all the cool stuff they've done in their job and tell the story to get to that senior product manager level. Right. Um, yeah. So I think by combining forces with the things that I know in products and the, per and the things that he knows and, you know, how to optimize your LinkedIn profile, um, <laughs> you know, resume cover letter, right. So all the typical career services, I think when we join forces, we'll be able to give somebody a lot of value, especially in the product space yeah, um, a lot of great for their next there. career move. Yeah. Nice. Well, that sounds great. And that will be, I, I suppose people can just reach out to you if they're interested in that as well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, this has been really interesting, Andrew. I, I, as I say, I love what you're doing. I think everyone should be following you on LinkedIn, particularly if you are looking to get into product management. But I think all of the lessons are really applicable if you are a product manager as well. Um, yeah. You know, because either we need to go get another job or we need to get better at pitching, whatever it might be, or we need to think about how do you 
create new value, which is kind of like building a new product, you know? Yeah, <laughs> so, absolutely. So it all, it's all, all of these skills are like, that's one of the beautiful things I think about product management is the skills are, they just apply across through lots of different, different domains. And of course, I'm a big promoter of the idea of telling stories and how to tell the best stories, which applies to all of the stuff that you're talking about as well, right? You're not just building a product to have a product that just sits there, but to be able to tell some stories in that interview process as well. Having the fodder for your stories is like really important. <laughs> yeah, and, absolutely. And I think you're really great at helping people with with figuring that out. Excellent. Well, any last words you want to share with uh, my audience? Um, last words, I think I would leave you with something, just repeat what, what I've said right here, right? I think if you are looking for a product management job, the absolute three best things that you can do is to figure out ways to attract good attention, healthy attention to yourself with a product portfolio. That's, and for me, that looks like building a product. Maybe, it, maybe it's something um, on a smaller level. Number two, that would be building relationships, figuring out ways to network into your target companies early, 12 months in advance, I'm talking, six months in advance, right? Mm -hmm. And nurture these relationships before you actually need to rely on them for your next thing. And then number three, getting really good at interviews. There's tons of great resources out there. You know, Diego Granados actually just launched a course uh, on on this exact subject. And I think his course is really great. So I'm not getting paid to say that, by the way. I'm just, <laughs> I think it's a really great course. I actually helped him uh, put it together. But yeah, so, and there's Exponent, Rocket Blocks. There's tons of other, you know, resources out there. Check those out. There's free mocks on YouTube. But do those three things and you will definitely be moving a lot closer towards your goal of getting into product management than getting a certificate or getting a PMP or go and get your MBA like I did, right? Like <laughs> those are all great things, but they they might prolong your approach. I think it's fantastic advice, fantastic. And I love the fact you gave me three things because I always like to give people three things to start doing today in this yeah. podcast. So fantastic. Andrew, thanks you very much for coming on the podcast. It's been great to have you here and uh, look forward to doing it again sometime. And you know, maybe after some of your next projects go through and we'll, we'll have you come back and talk about how they went and what you're not, what you're building next after that. That yeah. could be pretty fun. And I urge everybody of course, to follow Andrew on LinkedIn and pay attention and sign up for the newsletter. You'll learn a lot. And if you have an experience with building something on the side and that's helped you with your product management career, I'm sure Andrew and I would both love to hear about that. So that's another reason to reach out to us. So Andrew, again, thank you very much. Yeah. Thanks you. Well, that was a great interview. I loved Andrew's three points, figure out ways to attract good attention with a product portfolio by building a product, build relationships now and get really good at interviewing. Fantastic suggestions. And he gives a lot of resources for all of those. You've been listening to episode number 121 of the Secrets of Product Management podcast with your host, Nels Davis. That's me and my guest today, Andrew Bowker. If you go to the show notes at secretsofpm.com slash 121, you will find a bunch of links and contact information for Andrew and other related information. And you can also leave a comment on the show if you like it or don't like it, or if you have questions or anything like that. I'll talk to you again next week. Until next time, this is Nels Davis. Bye-bye.